Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hey everybody, welcome to Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. I'm Matt Myra, my sperm's dumb. I'm Dory Shafrir, my eggs are old. Will I remember to cut off the beginning of this? I don't know. Anyway guys, time for some business up top. For the third bonus episode we've promised you, you have to hold up your end of the bargain, which is a thousand reviews on iTunes. We're at 850, including Canada and Australia. So And the UK. And the UK. Really, all all, all the parts com- of the empire, yeah. uh, up to and including us, formerly part of the empire. Um, so thank you, everyone who has left a review. Uh, there's still time to do it. And if you get to a 1,000, guess what? You get a bonus episode. Uh, Amazon reviews. Dory, your book, yeah. is has your, your average has pulled up. I know. You were very pleased to see that. Yeah. It was uh, touch and once go you, for a while. Once you get to 4.3, they they make it look like four and a half. Sure, unless so you don't like, read. So it like looks a little better. Oh, that's good. Yeah. It's 
pretty cool. So Dory's hovering around four point something stars. Yeah. Uh, for her book, Start Up a Novel, which I'm sure most of you have read, digested, and loved. <laughs> Facebook group stuff. Well, I guess it's not really stuff. It's just, hey, hey, you have a Facebook group. Yeah, join the Facebook group. Check it out. It's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash excellent adventure where there are people who will answer all of your pressing questions about IVF. Yeah, there's like always, I'm always just blown away by the quality of the discussions on there. And also people post stuff and then people respond like so fast. It's an active group. If you have a question that we don't get to on the podcast, it's a good resource to hop over to Excellent Adventure on Facebook. Or if like you're just getting into IVF and you want to ask questions in in a like friendly and safe environment it's a good place to do that yeah um if you want to find out more about each episode of this podcast you can go to our website excellentadventure.com or mattanddory.com correct i think yeah matt and dory or dory and matt yeah they both redirect um resources page how what's the progress on that um it's it's been updated there's there's more stuff on there get i'm i'm adding stuff every week Yep. Um, and if you have suggestions for resources, just email us at Dory and Matt at Gmail or Matt and Dory at Gmail with the subject line resources. Yeah. Throw it on there. And uh, if you have something you want to share, but you don't feel like writing it down on, on some sort of computer device, you could call us 413-461-BABY. Yep. Mary uh, Jane asked if uh, she wanted us to put up or if, if we wanted her to put up a resources section for uh, dog resources. Oh, did she hear our dog? Oh, she probably just sees all the dog. Well, she saw all the dog emails and the discussion. And oh boy, yeah, Mary Jane. She walks our dogs. Yeah, handles our website. Yeah, I said dogs like Bo is too. He might as well be two people. <laughs> um, cool. Uh, well, that is the business. Yep. You uh, probably had a great time in Chicago. You don't know yet. I don't know because, guys, we are recording this on Thursday night instead yeah. of Sunday night. So it's probably out of date news. All the all the OBGYN stuff we're going to talk about it's probably out of date by now. <laughs> it's a lot happening. Um, we did want to read one one star review. We did to encourage you to go write a review. This um, review, as a whole, I thought was not terrible. I've gotten way worse reviews. Yeah, I, well, first of all, the person's username is Hag. We don't need to give the full username. The person's username starts with Hag. So I just thought that was Just because I don't want that person to be attacked or anything like that. But anyway, there's a one-star review on iTunes that we thought we'd read. Okay. The subject is goodbye for now. Okay, goodbye for now. Understood. That means that uh, you'll come back, maybe. After hearing most of the episodes, it is becoming more apparent that Matt clearly doesn't want to do this podcast. It's rude. It feels very forced and as if he's on his phone the whole time. I don't get to use my phone during this podcast. He sounds like such a headache to put up with. I can't argue with that. (laughs) Also, don't expect your emails to be read unless they contain a lot of praise towards the hosts. Okay. I think she heard the couple of times I was joking about where's all the good stuff about me i don't know uh, i'm just guessing i, mean, I don't mean to call i also now that i'm now that i'm reading this over i wonder if they sent an email in that we didn't read 
we get a lot of emails. And we get a lot of emails. Um, if you'd like your email read on the on the podcast, just uh, put in the subject line, I'm hag, <laughs> and we'll read it. They read more complimentary material than IVF material. I, I take issue with that. I do, too. I feel like we read an l- awful lot of IVF, IVF. stuff. I make it a point to do that. And especially now that we are not doing IVF stuff ourselves, I feel like we read even more just people's experiences. Fair enough. I will be unsubscribing. That's okay. You can do that. There's a button for that. Best of luck. And we'll check in in a few months to see if they've started pregnancy-related talks. I found that an odd way to end it. (laughs) It's a very odd way to end it. But, you know, I feel like that was not... That review was really a, like a two and a half star review, I, I or don't know. a three star. They review. gave us it, they gave us one. I feel like to give us one on that, you're not being honest with yourself. Oh, if you've listened to more than two, I feel like you probably liked it more than you cared. You know what I'm getting from this review is that this person feels personally let down by us. No, it sounds like it's by me. I'm not interested, <laughs> and I'm on my phone all the time, according to this person. Yeah, I mean. It's kind of funny that they think you're on your also, phone the whole time. this is the only podcast I'm actually engaged while doing. <laughs> I, I, I can be 100% honest and say this is the one I pay the most attention to while I'm doing it. So maybe you just don't like me when I'm paying attention. Oh. I'm difficult. I get it. Anyway. Anyway, we thought we'd share that in the spirit of not always... In the spirit of not always sharing... <laughs> sharing complimentary. Yeah. So that... that lovely review if you guys want a bonus episode go write some more reviews <laughs> uh wait you know i i have a i have a little bit of an update oh great i like updates i saw a new OBGYN this morning i didn't even know that yeah were you, were you doing secret secret meetings well no it was You're just having a, secret doctors it was just an, a new i decided i was going to try out a new OBGYN. but like it wasn't on the calendar the shared house calendar in our kitchen oh well that's because it was like during the day we don't put like our during the day stuff on the mm-hmm. calendar mm-hmm. like do you want me to put like every meeting and every lunch i have no but i feel like if you're going to a doctor for your lady parts uh, you know okay well next time I you'd will. know if i was going to a doctor i like so much has been happening. Yes, we've been very busy. And yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I saw a new doctor today. Okay. Um, I found her because I posted on Facebook asking if people had suggestions for an OBGYN who they loved in Los Your Angeles. Your personal Facebook, not on the message board. My personal Facebook. Yep. Correct. Okay. Um, and a couple of people recommended this woman. So I made an appointment with her. Now, how easy was it to get in? Not that easy. Okay, that's a good sign. And yeah, I called probably like at least a month, maybe two months ago. Mm-hmm. And they also asked me if I was pregnant, and I said no. They were like, okay. And um, when I saw her today, she was like, oh yeah, I'm not taking new pregnant patients. I was like, oh, that's interesting. New pregnant patients. Yeah. So once you're pregnant, she's like, I'm sorry. No, you're if you're already a patient of hers. Oh, do you feel sneaky? Um, no, she said it was smart of me to, to schedule the consultation before I got pregnant. Now, the <laughs> I, wonder one, why that, I wonder why that is. The one thing that did give me a slight pause uh-huh. is she said something about 
how she had just hired another doctor in the practice who loves delivering babies. I was like, okay. And then she said something about like how hopefully she would see me when I got pregnant because she might be having a midlife crisis. Oh, she's just done. And I was like, oh, ha, ha, ha. I, I, I hope I get pregnant soon. She's like, well, I'm booked through January. So, and I was like, oh, okay. So you're telling me I should get moving. She's like, yeah. <laughs> Do you think that's a red flag? That's a crazy thing for a doctor to I say. I it was odd. <laughs> I'm I mean, not going to lie. I feel like you should think that, but not say it out loud. Well, I just said it out loud. No, I mean her. Oh, oh, right. Like, I couldn't tell if she was like, I'm sort of warning you that I might just like disappear. But also, I'm probably not going to. She's going to ghost on your vagina. Uh, I was like, are you going to ghost on my uterus? And she was like, maybe. <laughs> um. So I was just like, huh. I, like, I've never heard anyone say something like that before. <laughs> How did you feel about it otherwise? I liked her a lot. Um. She was like young-ish and she, I don't know, she like asked some questions about like our our fertility journey and... Did you direct her to the website? Show her all the resources? <laughs> Why'd you roll your eyes? It's like our journey. I rolled my eyes at the journey. Why? Because it's been long and fully documented. <laughs> oh, yes. She was like, oh, I guess there's nothing for me to really do for you today. But then she's like wait, have you had a mammogram? And I was like, nope. And she's like, aha, I found something. <laughs> so how'd your mammogram go? You know, you have to get, you have to like schedule one and go to a special mammogram place. Well, I think it's very important to do so. And I'm glad you're going. Here's the problem though. I have to get it done. She said I should get it done before I start my next like round of IVF. And they don't like to do them when you're pregnant and nursing. So I got I got to schedule one soon. Get a mosey. I got a mosey. I got a mosier. Well, we, you know, we might not be pregnant ever. So who knows? Who knows? I know. And then she could have her midlife crisis and it would be fine. Totes. What did I just hear? Was that Bo? He seems pretty chill. Uh, all right. Well, that's Dory's update on the OBGYN. I also got the update at the same time as you, America. (laughs) This email, I guess we should say, it's time for email. It's time for email, everyone. Do we ever say that? Uh, We sometimes say, let's go to the emails. Let's hit the emails, everyone. Uh, This is from Misha, spelled (laughs) M-I-E-S-J-E. Parenthetically. She says, I know, it's weird. Belgians are weird. All right. (laughs) I'm Misha, and I'm from Long Island, New York. In response to the caller with undiagnosed ovulation issues, I wanted to share my research after having my own problems. I'm 28, happily married to my high school sweetheart. That's just like bragging. (laughs) And I'm just starting my infertility journey. When I was 24, I was diagnosed with a large benign cyst on one of my ovaries. After having the cyst removed, my cycles never returned. After seeing my OBGYN being referred to a reproductive endocrinologist and undergoing rounds of hormone and I, to, uh, hormones to identify the reasons for my amenorrhea, that's the lack of menses. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I'm 
reading her parenthetical. Mm-hmm. I don't, don't, yeah. Guys, I, I have no idea what that was until she told me. Uh, I was simply given a pat on the head and told to return t- uh, to the RE when I was ready to try for baby. Here we are, four years later, and the doctors, yes, I saw multiple opinions as well, still have no idea why I do not ovulate. At first, I too, just like the caller, wanted to find natural wanted to find a natural route to deal with my issue. After doing a lot of research, there were are a few supplements that supposedly improve cycles and improve female fertility. I tried chasta berry and maca root powder, which is a hormone stabilizer, for a few months, but did not notice any changes. I've also read, uh, I also read and had rose hips suggested to me. I will say that though there, I will say though that there are no. I see this is written in beautifully perfect grammar, and I'm butchering it. <laughs> I see that. Uh, so Misha. My apologies. I will, though. Nope. I've messed that up again. I will say, though, (laughs) that is why. uh, Wait, no. I read the wrong sentence. I'm so bad at Misha. Do you want me to read this? I don't have my glasses. It's been a long day. They're right here. Oh, they're over there. It's so (laughs) hot. You took them off. Well, because it's so hot. It's not hot. It's it's very hot. 73 degrees is not that hot. She's right. (laughs) Oh, Misha, I'm so sorry. Everyone, I butchered your email. Okay, so let's recap. Okay. She's tried some holistic routes. Yes. Chastaberry, maca root powder, uh, and rose uh, hips. Okay? Here we are. Okay. I will say, though, (laughs) that there are no scientific findings that support any of the information that I've found. That is why, given my situation, i.e. the number of years I've known I'd probably need science to get pregnant, I decided to seek a new RE, and we just began our first Clomid cycle this week. Fingers crossed. It's incredibly frustrating to be a woman and to have a doctor make you feel as though you are not in control of your situation and that you may not have the capacity to understand the situation. When I was told to come back when I wanted to have a baby and was not giving any sort of diagnosis or really any, any explanation for a lack of diagnosis, I felt belittled and unintelligent. Reason number one for absolutely loving your discussions. And I can't agree more with finding the perfect doctor. Thank you both so much for the podcast. Infertility is an extremely rough journey and your podcast is beyond inspiring. Thank you so much for inspiring me to share my experiences. Thank you, Misha. Sorry for butchering all your words. I'll read the next email. But that's just part of the fun of the podcast is not me butchering the words, but the fact that that person called in thinking they were alone. And then Misha blows through her DMs and is like, what up, girl? I also can't ovulate. Well, and listen to the next email. What? From Kate. Oh, my God. Who says... Pituitary tumors are incredibly common. Whoa. Some doctors think as many as one in four people have one with most never knowing it. My only symptom was never getting a period, which was really convenient until I wanted a baby. My doctor put me on cabergoline, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Dostinex, which restored my ovulation menstrual cycle. My ovulation slash menstrual cycle. I had my first daughter with the help of Clomid and then later conceived twins through IUI. 
My tumor is very small and never required surgical intervention, so this may not help your emailer, but maybe it will help other people in your audience. If you're having any issues with menstruation or hormones, I highly recommend getting a simple blood test to check for elevated prolactin levels, which is indicative of a pituitary tumor. Success is possible. I also have Hashimoto's thyroid and still have three little girls driving me crazy on the daily. P.S. If you are on cabergoline, you should stop taking it as soon as you get a positive pregnancy test, but it's safe to use while trying to conceive. I mean, you are not alone. That's true. Pituitary tumor. Hashimoto, I I thought, was the name of the disease that Captain Picard gets in the alternate future in the finale of Star Trek The Next Generation. It's easy. And then I remembered it was Eremotic Syndrome. Which seems like it's some sort of dementia. And it also might be a fake disease from the 24th century. I don't know. It sounds fake. All right. Hashimoto's is either hypo or hyperthyroid. I can't remember which. Uh, you, either that, you either have an overactive or an underactive thyroid. I think it's underactive. What's the beef with an overactive thyroid? What does an overactive thyroid do? I think you lose a lot of weight. Oh, get me that. <laughs> get me that thyroid, kids. I mean, maybe you should have your thyroid tested. I have many times. Oh. Turns out it's just the food I shove in my mouth. Oh. Um, all right. Well, on that note, I'm going to read this email from Ruben. Great, Ruben. My wife and I were in our late 30s for, our, for the first two rounds of IVF and early 40s for our third. We we're fortunate to be able to use Brigham and Women's as our fertility home base. What? What? He's, from, he's in Boston. Beantown. We found an amazing fertility doctor there who guided us through the entire process smoothly. Most, more importantly, she was able to resolve all my concerns, the biggest being the transfer of multiple embryos. Oh, yeah. Ruben was writing in because we discussed briefly last week that art, that like investigative article. Right. About doctors about recommending doctors, and seemingly just for to up their statistics. Correct. And not at all for concern of the health of the patient. Correct. Continue. She explained to us that their goal as an institution is to achieve a singleton birth, not just a successful birth at any cost, i.e. twins, triplets, etc. While twins aren't a bad thing, they would consider that result a little unfavorably. She explained to us, including figures and stats, that transferring two embryos is common, that their numbers have shown greatest success following this protocol, and the likelihood of multiples twins was were relatively low compared to singletons, maybe around 25% or lower. Hmm. That stat still seemed fairly high to me. However, she then explained the overall success rates of transferring two embryos versus transferring a single embryo. That figure is what clinched it for me, and my mind was put at ease. Of course, the fear of twins still lingered, but purely based on the numbers, I knew that the figures were in our favor. Now, what he doesn't say... I know. I want That's a key piece of information there. PGS. Yeah. Yeah. I... Yeah, I don't know. Well, actually, the key piece I was missing was the actual statistics. Like, it's 25% chance of having twins, but they don't say what the difference in success rate is between putting in two or putting in one. And by they, I mean Ruben did not say that. Right. Okay, so transfer number one was a fresh transfer with two embryos resulted in no pregnancy. Should have gone frozen, bro. Transfer number two was a frozen transfer with two embryos. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Resulted in a successful singleton birth. Oh, what'd I tell you? Transfer number three, fresh transfer, two embryos. Bro, go frozen. Stop also it. Also resulted in a successful singleton pregnancy. It means nothing to me. <laughs> and we're three weeks away from birth. I guess congratulations. <laughs> I wanted to share all of this because the debate seems to be overwhelmingly tipped towards, quote, multiple transfers are bad. 
But our experience and the stats that were shared with us from a reliable institution showed me that, generally speaking, there are numbers and data to support the benefits of of transferring multiple embryos. I think there's such a fear of twins and so many people who are vocal about their experience having IVF twins that the public is conditioned to accept that multiple transfers must be bad and will result in twins, and therefore the clinic must be serving their own best interests by transferring multiple embryos. But I want to be the vocal proponent and example that multiple embryo transfers do result in singleton pregnancies. Sure, some clinics may be shady, but the protocol of transferring multiple embryos in and of itself should not be taken as a sign of a self-interested doctor slash clinic. What do you recommend for someone who only has two available embryos, Ruben? I mean, we only have two. We only have two, but I did think that this was a good perspective that the article maybe should have discussed. Absolutely. It's it's entirely valid to hear that side of things. Yeah, like But I think wasn't the article more about 3 4 5 embryos going in? But also two. Uh-huh. I mean, 4 and 5. What would you do if we went in and our doctor was like, "So I've looked over everything and I think we should transfer both." I would be like, "Why?" Yeah. And what would there be a satisfactory answer? Um, that she thought that we, excuse me, that, that we had a better chance of having a single, a one baby with transferring two at once versus transferring one at a time. Mm-hmm. So that's all you have to hear. I mean, but here's like, I mean, I guess it also is the question which we've discussed, we discussed recently of like do we want to have one kid or two kids? Mm -hmm. Because if she said, okay, our goal is to get you one child. Yeah. And I think to get you that one child, we're going to transfer two embryos. Mm -hmm. Then I would be like, huh? Okay. Now here's, here's my question though. I doubt she would say that because they are PGS tested. 
Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything, because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintage colored rib socks. You know those, like... You know, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, if for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. I feel like Brigham's probably does that. But they didn't, Ruben didn't say. Ruben. Also, we don't know what year this was. PGS testing, I feel like, is a relatively recent thing. Mm. Like for the first transfer, they might not have had pgs available ruben get at us we need more information now this third transfer was recent but they did a fresh transfer so they couldn't have pgs tested those oh yeah see see what i'm saying yeah yeah i use my deductive reasoning there that is interesting ruben i want to know and about they, that you know secret what middle transfer i don't think they could have hold on hold on hold on so if they put in fresh... We did our first two rounds of IVF for their late 30s. So, okay. So we don't know about... We don't know about transfer number two. We know transfers one and three were not PGS tested because right. they were fresh transfers. Transfer two, we don't know if those were two embryos left over from the first round. We don't know if it was a second round with the two embryos that they tested. We don't know. That's excellent deductive reasoning. We just don't know. Ruben, we're going to need more information from you. But I, I appreciated that perspective. Ruben, please write an email and to us. Best of luck. If you choose to give us birth. more information and put in the subject line, Ruben info. <laughs> oh, the next email is from Anonymous. Uh, well, this anonymous person is a 39-year-old married lesbian who's been trying to get pregnant for four years now, on and off. I like to count my attempts because that makes me feel like I haven't been doing this for four years. Mm. So let's just say we've been trying for a year and three months or 15 attempts. <laughs> that is bananas. We started with a sperm donor and tried 13 IUIs. Yes. Wow. 13 because I was stubborn and figured one would work eventually since they didn't see anything, quote, wrong with me. And I was only 35 at the time. Well, one of those IUIs did take, although only for about a week. So I had a few days off. You, yes, uh, I had a few days of, yes, you really are pregnant. Come back for another beta in two days to make sure the number has doubled. It didn't double. So knowing ahead of time that you're going to miscarry, 
is a mind fuck of its own. Mm. After the unlucky 13th IUI, we finally decided to go to IVF. I really didn't want to for all of the typical reasons, but it didn't seem like it would work any other way. Side note, there was a the clinic did encourage us towards IVF after the third failed IUI. But like I said earlier, I was stubborn. So we went through the first round of IVF, and after starting with 11 eggs, after the five-day grow period and testing, we were left with two good quality normal embryos. One boy, one girl. We've been there. So we tried ladies first, and she didn't take. Much like you guys, I wanted a girl first. I'd love both, but really wanted a girl first in case, for whatever reason, a second wouldn't happen. I really want a daughter. So we kept the boy on ice and went through a second round. They added Lupron in this time, and we got much better results. Out of the 15 eggs, we came out with five good embryos, three boys, two girls. We just transferred one of the girls a few weeks ago, and she didn't take. I got my negative test over the weekend and my period today, which Mm. is probably why I decided to finally write this email. So, we have one girl left, and I'm already trying not to stress. My wife and others have said we should just pop a boy in and give it a shot. I feel like one of the boys will work for sure, but like I said earlier, I really want a daughter, and to make matters more complicated, I really would like them to have the same donor. But guess what? He's off the market now. He's reached the family limit. That's a thing. That's a thing. How many is that? I don't know because we don't know. I, I don't know how many they're allowed to donate to cray yeah oh my god this is quite a conundrum so yeah. far shaping up to be quite a conundrum uh so we have all we will ever have of him if the next girl doesn't take we may switch to another donor it makes me sick to think about the five boys on ice but we may end up having to come back to them later anyway i feel bad i'm passing them over which I guess I'm at this point, which I guess I am at this point. I have to feel guilty about everything, I guess. You've talked in this podcast about having the ability to know things, to try to control things. Uh, you can perhaps totally make it worse. I've been wondering about that for a long time, knowing the sex, being able to choose, and to try to plan and create what you think will be the perfect family. I just feel like having two moms, no dad, and being created in a dish is enough to start out life with a few things to think about. So having the same donor dad as your siblings would maybe help? I don't know. I'm probably trying to control too much or whatever I think I can. But that's how most of us try to do things. We're we the planners. Ugh. So not me. <laughs> but me. Yes. Anyway, this turned out longer than I thought it would be, but we'll move forward with the next girl soon. Fingers crossed we don't have to decide on a new donor. Siblings with different donor dads, etc. Hug. I can't wait until you guys get to move forward and wish nothing but the best for you. Dory, I wish we lived closer so we could hang out and read slash discuss books. Hmm. Anonymous wants no part of me. <laughs> um, and it's probably bummed I read their email. <laughs> what? No. No, they like it out of your voice. You're like a soft, you know. Should I reread it? No, that would just mean more work. It's a long email. Anyway, I just, I, you know, I thought this raised a lot of a lot of things, some of which we've thought about. And Well, we haven't thought about the 
donor situation. No, no. But the but the gender situation, the sex situation, we have thought about. Right. But I think that her their situation, the two moms, it's different in the sense that they want full siblings. Right. Yeah. And they're at a point where now they can't have full siblings if this girl doesn't take. Right. Right. As yep. me knocking on wood for you. Yeah. Um. It seems like a moral quandary that, that that no one has really cracked yet. No. And it's like you know, you, then if you start all over, it's like you have to get a new donor. You have to pay for that. You have to do more IVF. And how do you like? How do you reconcile that with the fact that you have these other embryos just sitting there? Bo. What do you think, buddy? Mm-hmm. What else? That's it. <laughs> All right. Well, it is. I, I don't know. I don't. I, you know, I don't know what I would do. It seems as though her partner, her wife, is very understanding. Yeah. And is allowing thirteen IUIs. Mm-hmm before they start IVF because the missus is like, no, this is totally going to take. So I feel like your wife's going to let you do another, just get a whole new set of eggs. Yeah. If you got the money, your body can take it and you're mentally able to do it. Yeah. Go nuts. I I hope this girl takes. Right. Yeah. We hope it's something you don't have to think about. Yeah. But we also understand where you're coming from. Totally. But believe me, we'd love to have five boys we couldn't use. Such is life. Such is life. Say, lovey. Uh, This is from Mark. As a legit Canadian drug dealer... Yep, got paperwork and everything. I also wanted to offer folks a little aid in pronunciation of some drug names. <laughs> Willing to offer my services anytime. Just drop me a note and I'll send you back a translation. I heard Matt have trouble with Cytolopran. Did I? Interesting. A few episodes back. So it is Cytolopram. <laughs> Cite? I don't understand his <laughs> phonetic <Canadian> spelling. Phonetics. <laughs> Cita, te, cite, <laughs> t, capital T A A. Ta. Cytolopran. Yeah. Uh, a few F's back. And Dory had an interesting go <laughs> at estradiol. Oh, I just tried it too. It's estradiol. Estradiol. I think it should be. Estridiol. I do too. You can uh, come at me as drug companies <laughs> and see if you like my pronunciation better. Dory's also. Uh, it kind of reminded me of the co-star of Chips, Eric Estridiol. <laughs> uh, I could also expand on how a pharmacist might be useful in your adventures. But again, brief hello. We'll defer to another email down the road. Mark... Thank you Very for useful. volunteering to be our professional Pharmacist. drug <laughs> translator. <clears throat> All right. This is from Sarah. 
My husband and I just celebrated our third wedding anniversary, and we've been trying to get pregnant for about two and a half of the three years we've been married. What's the matter? I smell smoke, like cigarette smoke. Hmm. Someone's probably smoking, and the door is open. Bo, get out there and tell them to stop. Oh, it's bothering you that someone's smoking? Well, they're not smoking clothes, I can tell you that much. Well, now you know how it feels. No, I don't. I'm recently 36, and he's a young buck at 32, so we never really thought getting pregnant would be tough. After about a year of trying, my gynecologist recommended we see a specialist. We've been under the care of an amazing doctor for just under a year, during which time we've learned I had mucus plugs blocking my fallopian tubes and a regular... What? Mucus plugs no, blocking I know, but my fallopian tubes. Didn't even know you could do that. I know. We, we you know, 36 episodes in, 37? What are we on now? 36. 37. I don't know. We're learning new things. That's right. And a regular PCT. I don't know what that is. Uh, that is a pre-cannon timer. <laughs> Once no. you know when the cannon's going off. Uh, I think you're wrong. All right. Well, we'll know later. And quote, advanced maternal age, but otherwise things were looking good. Unfortunately, we've had a series of failed IUIs and my husband and I have been stuck about what our next steps should be. We're both high school teachers that love what we do. We are dying to have kids, but the former does not provide a lot of income to support the latter. And the idea of taking on so much debt is overwhelming, especially if kids aren't a guaranteed result. Fair. True. That's fair. Last week, we went to meet with our doctor to discuss possible next course of treatment, and she shared with us a newer reproductive technology called InvoCell that she just started doing at our clinic about 60 days ago. That's very new. Very new. It has many of the similar components as IVF, but requires a lot less monitoring due to a lighter drug regimen and the incubation of the embryos. Honey, are you ready for this? Uh-huh. Is in the woman's vagina. What? In the vagina. She says in parentheses. So the total cost is about half, $7,500, than that of an IVF cycle. You can also have ICSI performed, which raises the cost to closer to $10,000. My understanding is they stimulate the ovaries like traditional IVF, but with a lighter drug regimen, do an egg retrieval, put the sperm and egg together, and then the woman carries a device with the cells in her vagina for three to five days. Wait, have I heard about this? I feel like I've heard about this. I think this. it was in the news. Oh, is that what it was? I think it was in the news recently. Like the FDA approved it. it like, yeah, it was like new, you know, blah, blah, blah. Might. Huh. Whatever. Um, the idea being that like, you know, instead of the cells growing in the lab, it's like a more hospitable environment for the cells to be yeah. inside of you. They then remove the device, see how many, if any, embryos are developing, then we'll do an embryo transfer. The process tends to produce fewer eggs due to less drugs at the beginning, but seems like a good alternative to IVF. My doctor has started this treatment with a few couples, but they are not at the point of embryo transfer, so she doesn't have any data yet. I love and trust her, and I'm excited about this option. However, I'm also nervous about signing up for something that there isn't a lot of supporting data for yet. A few questions for you guys. Number one. Are you familiar with InvoCell or any podcast listeners out there doing it? I would love to find someone else to talk to about it before jumping in this summer. Two, would you be nervous in being one of the first couples to do a new treatment type? Some of the techniques are similar to that of IVF, but overall it's a new thing, so I'm dragging my heels a little bit. 
Three, what are your thoughts of doing ICSI in this situation? We're clearly hoping to be able to save money. So adding an additional $2,500 is not ideal. However, I also think that if we're going to be paying for the procedure anyway, this just helps ensure the sperm gets to where it needs to go. Well, I don't know if there's a problem with your husband's sperm. Yeah. Which I don't think there is. You didn't mention one. So I would say if he's got healthy swimmers, don't you don't need to waste the money on ICSI. I think that's like mostly true, although... I ha- I feel like I have read that ICSI is slightly more successful, even if... Of course it is. You're physically taking yeah. the sperm and shoving it in an egg it right. didn't want to go into in the first place. Oh. Yeah. Why not? Because it was like, no, this, that one's not for me. What? I'm off. I'm leaving. You think because the sperm are lazy? The sperm's like, meh. This seems like a lot of work to get in there. But then, like, all of a sudden... It's getting, like, shoved oy. in. <laughs> it's like a ride. Um... Oh, we should we should create it's like when you can walk somewhere, but then you're like, oh, I'll just Uber. We should create like a reproductive themed theme park. Um, nah, I think that's okay. No, we can we cannot we should not do that. Oh. Um, oh. I would hop onto our Facebook group and ask the question: Has anyone done this yet? Yeah, that's one thing I would do. Correct. Number two, my advice about ICSI is if your husband's sperm is. A okay, maybe don't. If you're really concerned about the money, maybe don't waste the money. And then number three, would you be nervous? We have heard about it, but vaguely, and we're just remembering having read about it on the (laughs) news. Wait, and she was also asking, would you be nervous about being one of the first couples to do a new treatment to try a medical procedure like that? No, I wouldn't be nervous. Yeah. I feel like it's gone through enough testing at this point. So it could be like, hey, here we go. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had gastric bypass and I was 19 years old. And I was the youngest person they ever did it on at Mass General Hospital. Wow. And they were like, we could try it laparoscopically. I've never done it on someone your size laparoscopically. And I said to the doctor, why don't we not try laparoscopically? Just do it open. So they did. I was like, all right, whatever. (laughs) (sighs) What? That's a lot. It is. Yeah. It's fine. But yeah, so my point is that if there's a medical procedure that has not been done, I'm your guy. Um, we're gonna, we're gonna take a breather on that fun note about medical procedures. Thank you. (laughs) Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. I printed it myself. I really enjoyed that, that you wake up in the morning and sound like an old-timey comedian. Yep. Slash Jew comedian. Yep. Uh, this is from Anonymous. Ooh. 
Yep. My husband and I have been trying to conceive for just over a year now. <laughs> really thought you said my husband and I have trying to get conceived. And I was like, where is this letter coming from? Mm, no. The fact it's the past. Yes. You're going to make it guys. I'm 28 and he just turned 30. We started fertility testing with my OBGYN in December. We had one miscarriage before we started testing and two after. So that has really slowed down getting some of the basic blood tests because they want to wait a cycle in between. I know. But the factor we've come across so far is my husband's semen analysis. Oh, buddy. Let's hear it. Showed a white blood cell count, quote, too high to quantify. Whoa. I don't know exactly what the white blood cell is doing there. But the fact that you're off the charts is impressive. Which prompted a repeat semen analysis that showed the same. Oh, boy. And a nearly zero morphology. I didn't know morphology was done in numbers. Well. It was quantified in numbers, rather. She says nearly zero. Okay. All right. It turns out that white blood cells produce superoxide radicals, which damage the sperm along with its DNA. Holy shite. Another one of these things that we'd never heard of before. Yeah. In March, he finished a month-long dose of antibiotics. Mm-hmm. We both are also taking CoQ10, vitamin yeah. E, and daily vitamins and trying to eat as healthy as possible and are really active. He just had a semen analysis to see if the antibiotics cleared up the white blood cells, but it made no difference, and his morphology is still really bad because of Ugh. it. The doctor said that there's a blood-semen barrier, so they won't ever cross-contaminate. But in my husband's case, there's a break somewhere in the barrier. Holy shit. That's intense. If you're wondering, we have an appointment with a reproductive endocrinologist in September that a couple we know highly recommended, but are looking if we can see a different one sooner. The waiting is just awful. I'm wondering if any of your listeners have experienced this and what their plan of attack was and the outcome. Thank you guys so much. I'm wishing you guys all the luck in the universe. That is a new one. That is a very new one. Does he? What? What does that mean? There's a blood semen breakdown. Like, does he pee blood? Well, not pee blood, but does he ejaculate blood is my question. Yeah. I bet he doesn't. We're probably jumping to some conclusions here, and we sound very immature, but what's going on? I mean, yeah, I don't know. I have not. This is yet, yet again. We've probably had hundreds of emails, and we've not heard of this. Yeah. So if you have. Please. Please let us know. I like how we like put the we put the sperm signal out into the air <laughs> and hope that someone some 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 dark night will come rescue us. Uh, Best of luck, anonymous, and uh, hopefully we hear next week from someone. Yeah, who knows what's doing? Um, do you remember a couple weeks ago we read an email from someone who was going to Prague to do? Yeah, was it very glowing about me? Because those are the only emails I like read on this show. <laughs> Said that Matt Myra. <laughs> yes, I do remember the traveling for uh, inexpensive fertility treatment. Yeah. Yes. So Katie is here. Hi, Katie. With a word of caution. Oh, no, Katie. Another listener wrote in to inform you guys of the option of medical tourism to help save costs and hopefully see better results. While I understand that she has done her own research and made the best choices for her family, I would like to add that there are a host of ethical problems Mm. in the many overseas options of fertility treatment, particularly in the way surrogates and egg donors are treated and compensated. I urge your listeners to research the ethics history of any offices they are investigating as much as possible 
before choosing based only on results and cost. Hmm. Related to this topic, I would love to recommend a nonfiction book that is a fast read, but is perhaps not for the easily icked out. Oh, boy. Let's hear it. <laughs> the Red Market, on the trail of the world's organ brokers, bone thieves, blood farmers, and child traffickers by Scott Carney, investigates many issues surrounding the buying and selling of humans and human body parts, including the egg sperm, quote, donation and surrogacy industries. That sounds like a subject of a Mary Roach book that would be called, like, blood. Or sperm. Or well, egg. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Knowing you two and many of your listeners are big readers, I thought this would help give another perspective to think about. Wishing you all the luck in the world for your next implantation and sky-high book sales from this tiny goat ranch <laughs> on the edges of L.A. County. Oh, Katie, have you, Katie, why haven't you invited us to your goat ranch? I don't know, but she included some photos of the goats that I'll show you later. I bet that Dory and I would like to come pet some goats. Yeah, they're very cute. They probably piss, they piss on their own heads. Probably. would go insane. Well, we don't have to bring Bo up there. He would herd the goats. He'd try to. Do you think? I don't think you could herd goats, by the way. Yeah. I don't know. Katie, a goat, we have a, goat a lot of goat herder. questions. A goat herder is a, is a profession of, of your. Oh. Bo, are you a goat herder? No, he's not a he's not a herding dog. You don't know that. Yes, I do. We did a dog DNA test on him. Well, we both don't believe it. That's true. But if he was a ridgeback, ridgebacks are not herders either. Mm, interesting. Well, a herder is like a sheep dog because they, they herded sheep. Let us come see your goats. Like if we got a sheep dog, we could bring a sheep dog to the goat farm. The sheep dog would try to herd the goats, probably. Oh, okay. Well, maybe we should get a sheep dog and Bo. Bo I mean, can just sit in the corner while the sheepdog I herds. I like sheepdog. And shepherds. Australian shepherds are herders. Love an Australian shepherd. They're very active they're, dogs. And they're very smart. I know. I wouldn't want Bo to feel dumb. Well, if we got a lady Australian shepherd. Bo, what do you think about that? Hubba hubba. Bring a lady in? Gross, Bo. That's your sister. Um, <laughs> this is from Lena. I know you covered Zika again in your questions, but it's still something I worry about all the time. Oh, you and me both, sister. I live in the UK, and me and my husband went to a wedding in India in September. At the time, there were no reported cases of Zika, and it was not listed in the Zika zone on the CDC website. We were in India for five days, and I did everything possible to avoid insect bites. Luckily, I didn't get any, but my husband might have gotten one or two. We returned home. We started our first IVF egg collection. We were asked if we have been to any Zika-infected countries in the last few months, and we said no. We had our egg collections in November. Our first transfer ended in a miscarriage, and I've recently had a frozen transfer, which failed to implant. We've got eight frozen embryos remaining, and we hope these will be uh, one day be our children. However, your Zika updates started me worrying again about and investigating Zika all over again in India is now a country with known Zika. Oh, boy. <laughs> Don't really understand all this information. But here's what it is saying. The World Health Organization Zika Situation Report reclassified India as Category 2. Same as the Dominican Republic. Area either with evidence of virus circulation before 2015 or area with ongoing transmission that is no longer in the new or reintroduction phase. But where there is no evidence of interruption on the 24th of May from Category 4 area with established competent vector but no known documented past or current transmission 
on the 13th of April. I don't understand. Neither do I. <laughs> I would love to get information from the lady who emailed who was an expert on tropical diseases. Could my embryos be affected by Zika from my husband's sperm? Or does Zika transmission to a baby come from the mother being infected while pregnant? I don't come from sperm. I'm so worried and I don't know what to do. Maybe your excellent adventurers can put me in touch with the educated tropical disease doctor. What would you do, Dory? Well, first, I think I would look into what areas of India actually had Zika. Uh-huh. Because India is a big country. Sure is. And it's possible you were in an area that doesn't actually have any documented cases of Zika. This is yet another call from Lena for the sperm signal to be sent out. Why? Why the sperm signal? Could be an egg symbol, but I just I think, think it's we should the Zika settle, symbol. We should just settle on one symbol for excellent adventure. Oh, I see. I mean, sperm is probably more um, identifiable. As like someone wanting a baby, right? Well, no, I mean, as like if you were sending out a signal, like if you if you saw an egg If I signal, saw a spotlight in the sky yeah, and in the middle of it was sperm. You'd be like, oh, that's a sperm signal. But if you saw an egg, you might just be like, that's an orb. Yeah. What if it was an, a sperm inside an egg? I mean, that's a very intricate symbol. I like them to be one outline. Hmm. Could be either. Yeah. I mean, it's just like I, the sperm symbol, egg symbol. They both work for me because they're one syllable. So, mm. I mean, I'm on the fence, guys. If I know, you me too. have a suggestion on which symbol to use. Get at us. <laughs> also, if you're the tropical disease doctor, <laughs> get it, Lena. Um, I don't know what I would do. I would, I would, I don't know. I don't know. And there was no test really for it, right? No. How do people know they have Zika if there's no test for it? No, there is a test. It's just not very accurate. And it also is like 900 times, right? You have to get blood drawn four times something in six like months that. or something? Yeah. And I don't know at this point if they would be able to tell if they were ever infected. Mm. You know what I'm saying? <sighs> there's just like a lot to think about. Lena. We hope to get you some information via Tropical Doctor. And in terms of like what I would do, I honestly do not know. I don't know. Uh, well, I certainly don't know. Yeah. I feel for you. Uh, I bet, though, that you're, uh, the embryo is not taking is not as a result of Zika. So I no. that shouldn't throw a red flag in your, in your, yeah. in your mind. Not at all. Uh, that's just a natural part of the process. We're all going to go through it. Yeah. Um, this is from Maureen. Hi, Maureen. The listener who wrote in about being at a crossroads where she had one IVF cycle left and was considering calling it after that really resonated me. So although I don't necessarily have any answers, I thought I would write in. This seems like it should come from, from you. Okay. You're much, you know, gentler. Oh, thank you. Um, I'm about to be 39 and my husband is about to be 43. We are Massachusetts expats who live in Portland, Maine. Whoop, whoop. We've been trying to conceive since we got married in 2013. We went through extensive testing and our infertil infertility is unexplained. And after several rounds of drugs and IUI, along with acupuncture, supplements, dietary changes, you name it, we tried it. We decided to stop treatment almost two years ago. 
It was expensive and for me especially was causing an unbearable level of mental anguish. Something about the hormone injections caused crippling anxiety and the devastation I felt at each failed cycle compounded my stress until we decided that we could not pursue any more treatments. We've looked into both private and international adoption and have found the process to be more daunting and expensive than we expected and are not sure we're ready to consider foster care or adopting through the state, although that has not been ruled out. I've moved beyond the worst emotional aspects of infertility. Although I might cry a little, I no longer want to crawl into bed and die when someone announces their pregnancy. Essentially, we find ourselves in a sort of quiet middle of nowhere situation and are unsure how to proceed. A mitigating factor is that since stopping treatment, we have never been happier or less stressed. Interesting. We own a beautiful old house that we love working on together in a city by the ocean with a great community of friends and neighbors. It is a great city. It is. It's a cold city, but it's great. Yeah. There's live music to listen to, local beer, and cheap lobster whenever we want it. A lot of local it. beer. And a lot of cheap lobster. Yeah. You don't love lobster. I love a lobster roll. Yeah. I love lobster. I love getting into a big lobster. Some Jew you are. Dipping in butter. Dairy. She's putting dairy on it. Uh, we have fulfilling careers that haven't made us rich, but make us happy. The only thing we want, but don't have is a baby. Mm-hmm. I've met quite a few people in the infertility community over the past few years, but most are in the middle of IVF or more rarely the adoption process. Very few are in the place where we are and don't know how to proceed. We know some couples who are child-free by choice, but nobody who has resolved to be child-free due to infertility. I always saw myself as being a mother someday, but I'm starting to open my mind to the possibility that it may not be in the way I expected. Maybe there's an older child who needs a home, or maybe we'll be able to save enough to make private adoption happen. Sadly, all those assurances that once we stop trying, we will get pregnant naturally have so far been untrue. But I suppose it could still happen, although I'm not counting on it. Whatever we end up doing at this point, I just have to trust that we will make the right decision for us when it is the right time and that our family will grow in a way that allows us to be happy, fulfilled and keep our sanity. Here, here. Yeah. You know, I included that because we don't often talk about that perspective. We've talked about it a couple times. We don't talk about it. I'm sure we think about it. Yeah. I think about it all the time. Yeah. I think about. I mean, uh, we've, we've talked about how we would like, we would have dogs and. Yeah. Have dogs. More bows. Bows like, hmm, that doesn't sound so bad. I mean, maybe by the time we realize that we can't conceive, hopefully we can, on wood. Mm-hmm. maybe by then dog cloning will be cheaper. You would clone Bo? Fuck yeah. Oh, I would want a dog who like complimented Bo. I would clone Bo. I don't no, want two Bo's. No, this is after Bo's gone. Oh. It's after Bo's not with us. Oh, honey, he's right there. I know. Oh, you won't let me taxidermy him so he's like that all the time. He's so cute because I would want to like snuggle up with him and then it would be weird because he'd be dead. Hi, buddy. Sorry, we're talking about you. That was our moment with Bo. Yeah. (laughs) Our moment where we talked about Bo. Our moment of Bo. Um, Yes, back to you know i i felt i have felt much less stressed about ivf and the whole process i haven't been in it no that wasn't where i was going with this i'm sorry i jumped the gun yeah you did um i was saying i've i've been feeling much less stressed about the process i think since i just sort of like 
came to terms with the idea that we that it might not work mm-hmm. like really came to terms with it yeah. and was like okay i could picture my life without kids mm-hmm. kind of in the same way like before i met you i was like all right if i never meet anyone and i'm single my whole life like i could i can like wrap my head around that i can picture that i'd like come to terms with it i couldn't do that and then i met you I, I, I couldn't uh, can't imagine it you're not good on your own no I'm not granted when I was on my own I was in the best shape of my life <laughs> and working at one job yeah but now you've gotten used to your life with me and Bo yep, and you yeah. get very sad when I leave I do I just don't know what to do with myself or with our dog and then ultimately, I was going to go to Vegas tomorrow because Dory leaves tomorrow. You're hearing this in the future. <laughs> I'm going to Chicago for the weekend for my book. Um, so great seeing some of you. Uh, but uh, I just couldn't. Uh, it just became too much of a hassle. I was like, I don't know what to do with Bo. I feel bad leaving him. But I really like today when I was leaving work and I was like, man, I wish, wish I could just drive to Vegas right now. And I feel like I'm going to, as soon as I get out of work tomorrow, I'm going to feel the same way. Mm. Anyway, we're talking about not having a family. And yeah. I'm talking about wanting to go to Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. So that should tell you something about where we're at. It tells me a lot. Tells you that I must be a headache. <laughs> and then I am on my phone constantly. I don't even know where your phone is right now. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, I, yeah. Well, you know what? I got to tell you, was her name Sarah? What was her name? Um, Maureen? Um, was that Maureen? Yeah, that was Maureen. Maureen, your life sounds pretty dope right now. Yeah. I wish I had an old house. I, I could wish I had an old around house. In. Are you kidding me? I would be doing things so poorly and then hiring a professional to do it correctly. Yeah. I would be refinishing floors and going like, it looks all right, but we should probably have someone come in and do it. And I'd be like, honey, you rented that thing from Home Depot for like two weeks. I know. I should just buy one of my own. I'm going to. Oh, no. That's what I... ah, Go over to the ocean. I do miss the ocean. I say living 12 miles from the ocean. Yeah, you never go to the beach. I don't like the Pacific. Well... You used to swim in the ocean, so you say. Swim, I used to swim in Malibu, um, just back and forth. But now there's so many sharks, it's like... Oh, there are? Yeah, there's a lot. Like Huntington Beach always has like great whites now. Okay, that's Huntington Beach. That's down the coast by what, 20 miles? <laughs> they don't want to go to Malibu. It's too fancy. David Geffen would allow it. <laughs> um, but I just, I like the North Atlantic and the North Pacific. Mm. I like both Portlands. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's my... That That's it for today's segment of Ocean Talk. Uh, if you ever have summers off again, we should go to Maine. If I ever have summers off again, realistically, I would... If I had a whole summer off, I would look into buying a place on the Cape. I'm just saying, if you had like a couple weeks off in the summer. If you were like world famous author Dory Shafrir who cranked out books all the time, I'd be like, let's fucking get a house on the Cape. 
What are we doing in hell-a? Tell me Hi. how you really feel. Hi. I can do podcasts from L.A. I can record, uh, I mean, from uh, Sandwich, Massachusetts. Oh, you live in Sandwich? I like Sandwich. We used to summer in Sandwich. Used to summer in Sandwich. Down the Cape, you know. And by summer, I mean spend a couple of weeks there. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, you know, what it feels like when you're 12. Yeah. Um, I never summered in Sandwich. Yeah, I miss the Bourne Bridge, Sagamore Bridge, Cape Cod Canal. You know, My favorite place is the Cape Cod Canal. I had a great lobster roll once just over the bridge. Are you sure it wasn't before the bridge at Quintails? Yeah. You're sure it wasn't? Pretty sure. There was this place called Quintails or Quintals. It's probably Quintals. I, this is boring for everyone, All but right. I got to tell you, it was the best chowder I ever had in my life, and I miss that place very much. It was in a strip mall. So this uh, this emailer named Chelsea, uh-huh. who's Australian, yes. um, wrote in to the listener who wanted resources for learning music theory. Ah, Maureen. Good job. Yeah. Um, she says she's been playing music since she was three. And between so between high school and extracurricular music lessons, I've made my way through much of the Australian music exam system. Whoa, I didn't know that you guys had it. It's a lot more structured than what I hear of American music education uh-huh. and covers a comprehensive range of skills up to some pretty advanced theory. People who take these exams are people who take these exams are also of a wide range of ages. So there are books published for kids and adults alike. I wanted to email you to recommend that your listener check out textbooks designed for the AMEB exams, especially in music theory and musicianship. Hmm. They might help in grasping as much or as little as they want to about music theory. There's a lot. I started with a publisher called Blitz Books. They have a lot of free downloads, including test papers, though I think their books might be aimed at younger learners. In any that case, sounds fine. good luck. That might be good for you. Yeah. I'm, um, my reading, Check it out. Blitz Books. Comprehension is... I love, I love small words and big <laughs> pictures. Um, I think you should read the next one. All right. This is from Lucio. Really hoping to get some advice. I went to school for marine biology at the Woods Hole Oceanographic Institute. He doesn't say. Uh, but have not had much luck finding work in the Boston area where I live. <gasps> what? Mm-hmm. Hopefully something in conservation of marine ecosystems because I hate seeing them so distressed. I'm sorry, buddy. The Great Barrier Reef is probably not going to be saved. I do work with the hospital in Boston, however, and Matt, I work in a lab taking care of mice and rats, most of which we get from the Charles River facility you mentioned you worked at. OMG. Boy, I love reconnecting with all my Charles River laboratory customers. (laughs) Uh, I do not really care for my job, however, and have been looking for a new one. I was beginning to question whether or not to keep pursuing science or do something in the arts, which was my second degree, a second choice to pursue in college. I love to draw, create random comics, paintings, etc., but I mostly enjoy comedy slash performing. I have a friend who is a stand-up and had been trying to get me to try it. I love making people laugh and I'm comfortable in a crowd. I started writing bits on my phone for a set. But this turned out to be a bad idea as my phone was stolen and I lost all of my material. My first comedy notebook was in my backpack uh, in my Jeep Wrangler parked in Lowell right by the, what the hell was the name of that bar? 
courtyard, maybe? Um, anyway, the point is that I left my door unlocked. The bag got stolen. Oh, no. Along with my DVDs of the UK office. Oh, no. I know. <laughs> I really do wonder what the fuck was in that book. Like, that was my... I was, like, started in college, and I... Oh, what a bummer. Yeah, it was a bummer. And I, like, decorated it. Oh. I think I had, like, pictures of, like... Definitely had a picture of Ricky Gervais on it. And Bob and David from Aww. Mr. Show. Anyway, that's why. Back to back to our dear friend Lucio. Uh, started writing um, fits on my phone. This turned out to be a bad idea as my phone got stolen. I lost all my material. I have a notebook now. I just oh, caution you on notebooks. <laughs> Go back to the phone, but if back you have, everything get up. an iPhone and use the notes program that backs up to your computer. All my notes are on my computer. Oh, no. Do we have donors? Because I didn't write No. Uh, I decided that we wouldn't do donors this week because we're recording in the middle of the so week. So early. Yeah. Um, back to the... Okay. I don't know if I can make a career of this or if I should just be a hobby and I just get a less stressful job that does not make me tired and that allows me to pursue these hobbies. I'm a little weary about it as well because I would not want to waste education I got. And my girlfriend, who I know, is the one, and I know she feels the same trying really hard to be an animator she moved to california for a while but to no avail and moved back oh boy mm. and i did not know if she, if we should both pursue such tough careers any advice or suggestions would be nice i hope 2017 is your year for a child named david matthew myra dave matthew i got it uh keep up the great work um 2017 is not going to be our year for a child. Could it be our year for a successful transfer, though? Yeah. Um, how often do you go to... What is it called? Laugh Boston? Mm. The comedy club... Um, the comedy club on the... Over by the harbor. Uh, you know, the Wilbur constantly having great people performing there. I think Doug Benson's there this weekend. Um, let's see. What would I say to this gentleman? Well, I would say try a fucking open mic. Mm. I wouldn't do anything drastic until you know whether or not you actually like it. Yeah. And you're going to probably, you might do well your first open mic because it's like all the jokes you've been thinking about your whole life. Um, you might also do terribly. Mm. And if you do terribly, don't worry about it. Mm. You know, get, get up, dust yourself off and try it again. <sighs> Should you give up your career in marine biology or your pursuit of a career in marine biology? Do you love marine biology? If you love marine biology, then I would try and find something in the field. But if you love comedy, that's something else. Here's what I did. I was 23 years old. I did, does it say how old you are? No. I don't think so. Um, it was 23, 22, 23, and uh, I, it had just reached a point where I said I should give it five years in Los Angeles and see if I can find any work. Um, so I moved, and 2000, February of 2007, I moved. So I was 23 years old, and I decided to give it five years because if I didn't do it, I would always be like, well, did I fucking even try? Did I try to do anything besides work in a funeral home? 
Um, or at a lab that raises rats, or at an ice cream store, or at a Staples. Um, <laughs> so I moved. It was easy, though. I wasn't attached. I didn't have a girlfriend. And uh, I put my head down and went out and started doing stand-up. I uh, worked at the Apple Store. And I started producing a comedy podcast called Comedy and Everything Else in 2008. And by the time it was five years, what year was that? 2012. 2012, I was on Attack of the Show. So I decided not to move. I said, this might work out for me. Um, but it very easily could not have. Yeah. But uh, honest to God, if it got to that five-year point, and when it was getting to that five-year point, I just was like, well, maybe I just move back. Yeah. If I have nothing going on, then I'll move back. But I had something going on. I couldn't quit. And I stayed out there. My point is, <laughs> don't end up regretting your whole life that you didn't try it you're in boston though you can try it there yeah and if you love it then get your ass to mars which is los angeles <laughs> um so hello so Hi. we don't <clears throat> excuse me we don't have <laughs> a lot sorry. of noises coming out sorry. of sorry like something in my throat um, we didn't do supporters slash donors this week because as previously noted, we are recording in the middle of the week. Um, we will get to everyone next week. Thank you so much as always for your donations. This is the kind of effort we put into this podcast. I was like, Hey, we need to record before Dory leaves. And we had to move some stuff around. Yeah. So we could record tonight. That's right. But we did. Here we are. Here we are. Um, and for all of the Patreon donors who donated at $25 or above, you are going to soon be getting your first bonus mini episode. I was not aware that we had any takers on that. Oh, we have several takers. Okay. Yeah. How do we get it to them? Uh, you can... Do they have a distribution service Supposedly they have a distribution service. Great. And it's supposedly what people tell me is that it's very easy to just send things to the donors. If it's not like a ton of people that have signed up for this level, mm -hmm. we should very much make it a personal podcast for them. Like, let's say it's 50 people. Uh -huh. We can take questions from those 50 people. Yeah, totally. You know what? I'll email, I'll email all the donors at that level yeah. and say, Hey guys, you have a half hour podcast. What do you yeah. want to know? Totally. Um, and you get that every month at that level. You get a half hour bonus mini episode every month. That's great. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if you don't want to donate $25 or more per month, that's totally cool. Uh, we have several other tiers. You can donate as little as $1 a month and you'll get a fun fact. Uh, yeah. So just head over to patreon.com forward slash. Excellent adventure. And uh, do it up. Do it up. I didn't even know this was a thing until recently. Yeah. All these YouTube people, all these cosplayers. Well, you know, apparently it's actually blown up in the last year. It's, I mean, it's an interesting economy of personality. Yeah, totally. And I think that uh, it would be a great piece for some 
some young tech writer to do. Someone, someone was talking about this at work. I think someone is actually. Yeah. Good. They should. Um, I mean, I was hinting at you should take the story and do it. I, I have a conflict of interest. Oh, that's right. You do. <laughs> Technically, you are a reporter and you do have a conflict. Wow. Yeah. I can't write about this. What a world but we live someone in. Someone else can. Uh, but I, I was able to correct people's pronunciation of Patreon. What were they saying? Patreon. But you're a patron. But if you just look at the word, I could, like, in my mind, initially, it w- I thought it was because, like, Patronus. Sure. You know? Well. But. That's not important. What's important is that I didn't look at my phone once. No, you did not. And was still not engaged. <laughs> Kidding. Honey, you this, were so engaged. This is this is my podcast. Also, I saw this woman last night who I find it insulting by the way that you say this about this podcast. You could say it about like Star Trek or James Bonding or something, but come on. This is the one I do with my wife. Um, I saw this woman last night who I know, like we're friends on social media. We'd only met in person once. You're friends on social. Go ahead. We'd only met in person once last summer. Uh-huh. And I saw her last night at this gathering I went to and she was like, oh my God, I've been listening to your podcast. Like, it's actually like weird to hear your voice and she loves it and she feels like she knows you. And she said like, Matt, you can tell like Matt's so supportive. He's such a great guy. So, you know, I feel like this lady or person no i think it's i do think it's very funny that she thinks i'm disengaged on this one yeah when in reality i've had entire conversations with andy on the star trek podcast when i was looking at guitars on ebay oh my god that's so rude it is rude but i'm very capable i would smack you andy if you're listening you can smack me i don't think andy's listening of course not uh all right all right thanks everyone uh remember to take care of yourselves and each other but what ends that way i don't know (laughs) take care of yourselves and each other well i don't remember what ends that way it's a lovely way to end something ends that way and i've just ended this podcast that way sounds great bye bye i looked it up everybody it was jerry springer that said that until then take care of yourself and each other. Good night. Good night. That's what he used to sign up the news with. That's all the time we have for now. Thanks for watching. Ready dissolved cards. Two is commentary commentary cards. And each other. Good night. Night dissolved cards. For a copy of Jerry Springer's commentary. That's all the time we have for now. Stay tuned for news updates every hour on the hour. Thanks for being with us. And we're going to see you again tomorrow. Until then, take care of yourself and each other. Good night. Good night. Thanks for joining us. NBC Nightly News is up next. And then we'll be back with updates every hour on the hour full report at 11. Until then, take care of yourself and each other. Good night. Good night. Former mayor of Cincinnati, Jerry Springer, who paid for a prostitute with a personal check and then became a millionaire. It's an American dream. Bye. Honey, you have nothing to say to that? I'm flabbergasted. Me too. Take care of yourselves and each other. There's a shadow you can't see my eye.